lock and load. This is Steve Dace. The Steve Dace Show. And greetings. Happy Wednesday. Thank you for tuning in here today, live and on demand on Blaze TV, radio and podcast. Did not envision wearing a flannel shirt heading in to Memorial Day weekend, but here we are with a rather mid-October-like uh, spring so far uh, here in the Midwest. I am Steve Dace. He's Todd Erzin. He is Aaron McIntyre. Let us know who you are by emailing the show or who you is. Where's it are? Either one. Uh, Steve at SteveDace.com is how you can email us. That's D-E-A-C-E. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show. You can look for us as well on MeWe, Parlor, Gab, and Getter, and then get clips of the show that are free to watch and free of any censorship when you go to rumble.com slash Steve Dace Show. Part one of the show here today brought to you by our friends over at realestateagentsitrust.com as we continue to see more signs and a lot of them coming from the housing market that we are in or about to head into a full-fledged recession. If you're still thinking, I've got to get out of here, I've got to get out of this blue state, how do I do it? Or you're like, I've my job wants me to relocate. I mean, what do I do? How do I find an agent I can trust? Well, the name kind of says it all. Head over to realestateagentsitrust.com. That's a company started by Glenn Beck and some of his associates who ran into real estate agents they found out too, or too late in the process uh, to do anything about that they couldn't trust. You don't want that to happen to you, which is why we've got this website just for you. Realestateagentsitrust.com. That's realestateagentsitrust.com. No Daniel here this week on the show. He is in New Mexico hosting uh, an event for Patriot Academy. So we will have a full hour sequential hour of buy, sell, or hold in the next hour of the program. At the bottom of this hour, we are going to see if we can figure out literally what the hell Nancy Pelosi is talking about. And and we mean that quite literally. What the hell is she talking about? We will get into that at the bottom of this hour. But before we get into all of that fun and frivolity, let us begin as we always do with Aaron's rundown of what happened while we were away. What happened while we were away brought to you by Unspeakable Evil. 18-year-old Uvalde, Texas high schooler Salvador Ramos shot and killed his grandmother before leading Border Patrol and police on a chase that ended at Robb Elementary School in Uvalde, where Ramos proceeded to shoot and kill 19 children and two teachers. Next to nothing is known about the shooter's motives at this time. It's one of the worst school shootings in American history. The bodies weren't even cold before... Democrats and lefties from sea to shining sea started calling for gun confiscation. But by doing something, we at least stop sending this quiet message of endorsement to these killers. That's Connecticut Senator Chris Murphy. Former Trump Deputy Press Secretary Hogan Gidley summed up yesterday in perhaps the best, most succinct way I saw. Quote, Folks, America can't fill a God-sized hole with a government-sized peg, end quote. Moving on, notable results from yesterday's primary elections in Georgia. Governor Brian Kemp blasted Trump-endorsed rhino David Perdue. Stacey Abrams won the uncontested Democrat nomination for governor. Herschel Walker won the Republican nomination for senator. 
Marjorie Taylor Greene won her primary in House District 14. In Arkansas, former White House spokeswoman Sarah Huckabee Sanders won the Republican nomination for governor. In Texas, the Bush dynasty appears to be dead as Attorney General Ken Paxton won his primary runoff election against George P. Bush. In Alabama, Congressman Mo Brooks is advancing to a runoff with Katie Britt for the Republican Senate nomination there. Back to Stacey Abrams, she was asked what she thought about Georgia's record primary turnout after she and many others likened Georgia's voting integrity laws to Jim Crow. The question about voter suppression and voter turnout is causation without correlation. We, I'm sorry, you can make mistakes even when you know what you're talking about. It's correlation without causation. We know that increased turnout has nothing to do with suppressant. Indiana's state legislature overrode a veto from Republican Governor Eric Holcomb yesterday on a bill that bans men from competing on women's sports teams in that state. Holcomb could not be reached for comment because he is, as you may recall, attending the World Economic Forum's annual meeting. Meanwhile, in Iowa, Ankeny High School says this performance of drag queens for school children was not sanctioned by the school. Ankeny High says the event took place during the Gay-Straight Alliance's end-of-the-year meeting and the drag queens were from the Central Iowa Youth Pride pageant. The school says they're launching an investigation. You remember Paxlovid, Pfizer's supposed antiviral pill that got emergency use authorization to treat COVID? The company, along with the CDC, is urging those who have taken the pill and still come down with a case of COVID to isolate immediately after the revelation that those who fit that description are highly contagious. And finally, signs you might be a woman. Here's the Babylon Bee. Oh, hey, do you know what a woman is? I didn't think so. Nobody knows. Not even Supreme Court justices. But we've come up with a few key indicators to look for that might help you in figuring it out, even if you're not a biologist. Here are some indicators that you might be a woman. Item nombre uno. You're always cold. If you're always asking to put the windows up or to borrow a sweater, you might be a woman, bro. Next item. A human being has popped out of you. Now, I don't know everything, but this might be an indicator that you're a woman, dude. You're definitely a woman if you decorate your bed with six or more pillows. What are these pillows for? You can't sleep on them. You can't put them in a different order every day. They have to go in the exact same order. What are you using these pillows for? I don't understand it. Okay, this one's kind of like a sixth sense that women have and only women have. You can tell the difference between rustic farmhouse white and Swiss coffee white at a glance. And that's what happened while we were away. (laughs) Uh, A lot of truth to that, as a matter of fact. Uh, Aaron's Montage brought to you by one of Todd's favorite partners of the show, Bonner Private Wines. Get some of the best foreign imported wines, red wines in the world. Delivered right to your door, half off the retail price, half off the shipping as well. So double savings with our friends over at Bonner Private Wines. Perfect for red meat for grilling season. Uh, These are wines grown deep and high in the Andes Mountains by families that have been doing this now for going on a second century. Loaded with great flavor, not loaded with chemicals and fillers. Uh, All three of us would personally recommend Todd would give it uh, an even more enthusiastic recommendation, if for no other reason than he has consumed them by far. 
more than uh, Aaron and I have. So if you want to see if you can catch up to Todd safely, of course, uh, and with moderation, uh, go to BonnerPrivateWines.com slash Steve. Again, BonnerPrivateWines.com slash Steve. You'll get half off the retail price as well as half off the shipping. Let's get to the um, uh, to the montage. And there's a couple of, of, of things. First of all, how bad, I, I've told you months ago, Paxlovid was a terrible drug. Told you that months ago. Looking at their own data, it was terrible. But because it was made by Pfizer, it gets emergency use authorization anyway, because they're basically the government now. How bad must it really be if they're willing to admit this? How bad is it for reals? How bad is it for reals if they're willing to admit this? Because it's always worse than what they are willing to admit. Always. Because they're corrupt. Did you see Pfizer CEO was with Klaus Schwab in the same room at the whatever? And you couldn't tell the difference? Is, well, All those where, Bond villains look alike? Where were the other two horsemen of the apocalypse? Exactly. Yeah, yeah, thank you very much for that. Indeed. Did you guys see the meme going around last week? It's because of gas prices that are so high that they, <laughs> yeah. the book of Revelation, those guys come on a white and come on horses, right? Okay. Um, the other thing that, uh, so, so I wanted to just address that right off the top here. If they're admitting to you that you're this level of contagious, if that's what they're admitting, what are they not telling you that they're not willing to admit to, at least not yet? Let's get to the the two main points of the montage, though, and and we'll get to the to the biggest one last because I I, I can't think of a way to not awkwardly segue, okay, uh, mm-hmm. to it. So we will address that uh, here in a few moments. I, I want to get to the primary results though, because I don't just tell you things based on my political experience because I'm just yanking them out of the crevices of my bowels. It's because I have the whoopings and the scar tissue, uh, and and that's not even counting the mental scarring. All right, that that has has taught me brutally these lessons over the years. You've heard me say the number one factor in who wins primaries is what name ID, name ID, name ID is, and we are seeing this pattern play itself out. This. GOP primary season. If you go to the state house level, like look at Idaho, for example. Okay. So you have the LG there that was endorsed by Trump, but she didn't really have any money and they didn't do anything for her. And so the same night that she gets, is it Janet McEachern or something? I think is her name, if I remember right. The same night that she gets molly whopped by their Mitt Romney governor out there in the uh, primary, same night that happens, something like nine or 11 members of the Idaho state legislature, which we're not talking a big state, okay? Like nine or 11, I can't remember the exact number, members of the state legislature uh, lost their seats to uh, more conservative, more liberty-minded, more MAGA-minded challengers. And she's, isn't she even the cool one that like anytime the governor left town, she'd yeah, sweep in? And that's do- her, yeah. Okay. So how does that happen? How does that happen? And, and it wasn't just that she lost by a few points. She got trounced. That's just name ID. That's all that it is. 
It's just name ID. And it's a lot less expensive to acquire that name ID in a state house district than it is statewide, even in a state like Idaho. People are looking for some magic formula that happened in Georgia last night. What was the magic formula? I mean, how do we explain this? That's what I'm so upset about Ohio for. That's just name ID. Mike DeWine was my governor. That's my, he can win. That's just, those are all poor excuses for name ID. Mike DeWine had name ID. His challengers did not. That's it. J.D. Vance had huge name ID advantages because of all the times he had been on Tucker. And then once that name ID baseline was established, then he got the Trump endorsement to put him over the top. That's why he won. Josh Mandel finished second because he had huge name ID. And until the Trump endorsement was, you know, neck and neck with J.D. Vance, he had huge name ID because he had previously run statewide. So he wasn't somebody people knew. And so I'm following these primaries last night and people are like, how do we explain this? Must be all these crossover Democrat voters. And I'm going to get into that in a moment, by the way, because that's not true. How do we explain this? though? Brian Kemp gets 72 percent of the vote. Herschel Walker, statewide, same state, gets 68 percent of the vote. Um, Brian Kemp had the highest name ID. Turnout in the Georgia primary, by the way. 80% higher Republican turnout in the 2022 Georgia primary last night. 80%. In, in a large state, 80% compared to four years ago. Let me translate for you what that means. Stacey Abrams is going to lose her re-election bid bigly. That's what that means. Okay. The state, there were a bunch of crossover Democrats that voted for Kemp. No, they weren't. And I'll explain that to you because that's just a talking point to excuse how bad of a candidate Trump endorsed who was terrible. David Perdue. That's just name ID. That's all. All these incongruencies. It doesn't, and, it does, and name ID doesn't care about your faction. It doesn't care. Herschel Walker's got the highest name ID. MAGA faction wins resoundingly. Brian Kemp has the highest name ID. MAGA excommunicado wins resoundingly. It doesn't matter. It's just name ID. And this is, this is one of the things that broke me as if when I was full-time involved in political campaigns and activism. You know, we're... we're we're going through all our issues and positions and what's the constitution say and you know, painstaking research on data only to find out it's just name ID, bro. It really doesn't matter what they believe. It just has who has the name, highest name ID. People are that shallow, even your own. That's it. So you even saw this last night. Conservatives did very well. More MAGA oriented grassroots people did very well in flipping seats in Arkansas and a few other states from uh, from rhinos or incumbents because it doesn't cost as much to generate the name ID you need in a state legislative race as it does in a statewide race. And in a statewide race, big money can come in, dump a bunch of cash on TV, and, oh, yeah, that's the guy. Yeah, 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 that's the one. Yeah. Well, why? Well, because they don't have an answer. It's just they're repeating what they saw on TV or in the media. It's just name ID. That's all. That's why when you guys email me, hey, what advice would you give me? Whatever would raise your name ID. And this this applies beyond politics. I mean, that's the biggest concern about I ha- that I have about our movie Nefarious. Because the success of that film, sadly, will not rise or fall based on how good it actually is. 
but how many people even know it exists? <laughs> right? That's not good, by the way, in the arena that I'm in. I hate Facebook and YouTube with the heat of a thousand suns. I would do anything, almost anything, other than remove sensitive, enjoyable, vital parts of my anatomy on your behalf. If I could get all of you right now that use those platforms to stop doing so, so I could then stop using them. Because they censor my content. And they do it vigorously. Which means, in a way, that on two of the largest platforms on planet Earth, what do we get like? 3,500 views on YouTube, no matter what we post. It's pretty much the same number yeah. every time. Okay. It wouldn't, it doesn't matter how good my show is. It doesn't matter. On the largest social media platform in the world, there's nothing we could do. We've, I mean, there, there's nothing. Okay. We could change and alter a few things. Maybe we'll go up to 3,800 or 3,900. There's nothing we can do. They don't want you to see it. It doesn't matter how good the show is or isn't. It, that doesn't matter. They don't want you to be exposed to the content. Period. That's it. I posted my latest column for The Blaze on my Facebook page 16 hours ago, and uh, Facebook tried telling me that on a page with 135,000 followers, it had gotten two shares and four comments in 13 hours. Sorry, not 13, not 16. I mean, so it doesn't matter how good that piece was. It doesn't matter how good it is. It matters how many people see it. That's all. And that's what happens in these races. It's just all name ID. And now let me let me debunk the the theory that a bunch of people crossed over, Democrats did, and voted for Kemp in order to embarrass Trump. Stacey Abrams ran unopposed in the state of Georgia. She got 80%, <clears throat> pardon me, she got 80% of the total votes last night that Brian Kemp did. 80%. So right away, we're beginning with we're beginning with a baseline because you can't vote in the Democrat gubernatorial primary and the Republican secretary of state primary. OK, and by the way, I'm saying this as someone who thinks, what is that guy's name? Raffsberger. Like, I think we should have arrested him. I, I mean, I'm I, I a big fan of the Georgia secretary of state. You're not. I'm not. But I'm just not going to allow false narratives to perpetuate. I will squash them. So Stacey Abrams got 80% of the vote total that Brian Kemp got last night. So right away now, we're beginning with a baseline that at most, at most, 30-40% because she ran unopposed, okay? 30-40% of Democrats may have crossed over, which of course is a huge number, and I can prove to you did not happen. Here's how I can prove it to you. The... Republican uh, Senate primary and the Republican gubernatorial primary had almost the exact same turnout. 25,008 votes, I think, is the number that separates the two. Meaning 25,008 more people voted in the gubernatorial primary than the Senate primary. So then a bunch of Democrats crossed over to embarrass Trump by voting for Kemp and then decided, hey, let's just let Trump off the hook because... You know, we remember that Herschel Walker won the national championship for them dogs 40 years ago. Is, is that how voting works? Mm. No, that's not how it works. No, that's not how it works. Even if he had some favorite son, those numbers would have still been much closer, especially when you consider that the turnout was identical and Herschel Walker got 68% of the vote and Kemp got 72. Which means at most 4% of that vote 
were Democrats that crossed over at most. So that's not why David Perdue lost. He lost because he was a crummy candidate. And I told you that for like a year because he just lost a Senate election too. That's why he lost. Had nothing to do with crossover votes. And that's why Stacey Abrams is going to get annihilated in November. Well, Steve, won't they just run more mules? I don't know how many more mules you got. Look at all the mules they ran before, right? Georgia is featured prominently in the 2000 Mules movie, by the way. When you watch it, it's featured prominently. Maybe they're just emptying the prisons of mules in Georgia. They won by 12,000 votes. I keep telling you guys, there is a, they can't just, and we should actually hope that they do it. Like, I'm fine with delegitimizing the court. Totally cool with it. I've been trying to delegitimize it most of my career. Um, and I'm totally fine with them stacking. That's why I want them to stack courts and judges. I want to expose to people what a complete canard judicial supremacy is. And I would prefer my side did it with more principled arguments, but they won't. So I'm, t- I'm fine with their side doing it guerrilla warfare style. I get the same outcome I want. So I hope, I hope that they try to steal eight points and even pull it off. Because if you want to bring voter fraud to a critical mass real quick, have a more establishment approved candidate like Brian Kemp have seven, eight points worth of voting totals stolen from him. And suddenly now you've got the NRSC and the NRCC and the Republican governor coalitions, the people that don't care now because they hated Trump too. Suddenly you got their attention because now it's like Lindsey Graham at the Kavanaugh hearings. You're not supposed to do that to our guys. You do that to the Clarence Thomas guys. We put Kavanaugh up here, Carl Rove in a black robe. You don't, I mean, he's just as, he's almost as effeminate as me. I mean, you're not supposed to do that to one of us. That's, those are the, that's the deal around here. You do that to the conservatives, the people that actually believe stuff, not my people. They can't steal eight points in an election, and that's about what she's going to lose by, if not more. They ran, they ran mules, every mule they had in Cobb and Fulton County, and won, and won by 11,000 votes. Not in Cobb and Fulton County, which would in and of itself be precariously thin, statewide. Statewide. Can't steal this margin of vote. You can't. That's why there's a margin of cheating. It's damn near impossible to steal like three points, let alone seven, six, seven, eight, nine. She's going to get annihilated in November. But she's going to raise a poop ton of money between now and then, so... Hate the game, not the player. Amen? So now that we have debunked that canard from last night, let us now segue to something that really matters and is far more serious. And that is what transpired in Texas. And as a nation, we are not permitted to mourn. We're not allowed to. And because of our quick draw media, in fact, I, I was going to avoid commenting on this. My original plan was just not to comment on it at all last night. But you end up getting so cornered by false narratives. Is there any other kind of and this it, situation? It, and because there is a subset of this culture that just refuses to allow a nation to mourn. 
and just goes right into a disarming narrative. There's a thread out by our colleague, Ali Stuckey, who I think put out a brilliant thread of what are we doing to the young men of America? Aaron mentioned my longtime friend, Hogan Gidley, who was one of the communications directors of the Trump White House, and he had his tweet in his montage, which I thought was very eloquent. We, we should be permitted to mourn, but we have a subset of people, including our media, who live in places like Chicago, Detroit, D.C., Baltimore, Los Angeles, San Francisco, hives for scum and villainy with every gun control law you could imagine. And their cities are rotten at the core. Murder capitals, crime capitals. And there's a reason why when you bring up any other topic, even if you were to say, okay, let's talk reasonable gun control and then let's discuss mental health. Let's discuss spiritual. No, 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 no. It can only be a disarming narrative. They're not serious about the, they're not serious about having a conversation about what's truly rotting at the soul of this nation because they're one of the reasons for the rot. The only conversation they want to have is their agenda. And the agenda is compliance with the state. It's an unspeakable tragedy, undeniable evil that was done to that community yesterday. But since you're not going to allow us to mourn, let me make this point extremely and with all the clarity I can muster, let me make it very damn clear for you. We are never disarming. Never. We don't care how many more lone wolves your fake FBI ignores and allows to commit these tragedies. How many more mental health warnings on social media pages you ignore and allow to commit these tragedies, we don't care. We will never, never disarm. And we will never peaceably allow you to disarm us. Especially after what we saw from governments in the last 26 months that reminded us very painfully why we were given the Second Amendment from our founders in the first place. We will never disarm. With that agenda point off the table, however, we are happy to have as a diverse and inclusive conversation about the state of young manhood in America, the spiritual state of the country, the state of mental health in America, the level of security in our schools. We are willing, everything else is on the table and we are willing to listen to a wide variety of voices along the lines of that everything else. But let me just make one thing clear. We will never disarm because we read history books and we're living through some of that history right now. Gentlemen, do you have any thoughts? Seconded. That subset of this country that you discussed, 
Steve, it really, I hate saying this, it really makes me detest this country in some ways. Because the arsonists are the firefighters everywhere you go. And that's why it feels like you're cornered. The same people advocating for the same forces that cause the demonic acting out or the mental health crisis, whatever it is. The same forces advocating for the policies, the the cultural shifts that make those things at least more likely are the same ones as saying that they, they have the solution to when those people act upon those act upon those terrible impulses. And then after a tragedy hits, they want to tell you, they want to tell you uh, via a tweet that your thoughts and prayers don't matter, that God is not listening. Listen, fella, if this is truly as widespread and as terrible of an issue as you believe that it is, it's only by the grace of God that this doesn't happen every single day. Amen. Got a nice note here from Pam, who says, you know, I've been dragging my feet, calling Patriot Mobile. I would try every now and then to make the switch, and I'd call, I'd get a busy signal. Finally, I hunkered down and said, you know what, I got to make this switch. So I called the other morning, and it's like you said, Steve, they made the switch seamless. Got to use your name, um, and I'm paying half the price for the same service I was before, and I'm don't, and I know that I'm not uh, having uh, funding people who hate me because of my views. And then she goes into reviews on the Nephilim, which is just a, that's a classic Steve Day Show email right there. There it is, right there. All right. Nice transition. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> that's as on brand. That is as on brand for the Steve Day Show as it gets. All right. So if you want to join Pam in making the switch to our friends at Patriot Mobile. Now is the time. Veterans and first responders, you'll save even more as a thank you for your service. Uh, They've got discounts, extras for you going all the time. Uh, And right now you can get a free activation with the offer code Steve when you make the call, whether you're a veteran or first responder or not, you can use that code. Uh, With the offer code Steve, when you go to patriotmobile.com slash Steve, make the switch today. No longer directly fund the people that hate you. Uh, when you go to patriotmobile.com slash Steve or give them a call at 972-PATRIOT. All right, let's um, let's switch gears here. And before we get to buy, sell, or hold next hour, I wanted us to take a few minutes and see if we could decipher, and I mean this literally, what the hell is Nancy Pelosi talking about? Watch this clip. This is not just about terminating a pregnancy. So these same people are against contraception, family planning, in vitro fertilization. It's, it's, a, it's a blanket thing, and they use 
abortion as the front man for it. So I, I respect people's views about uh, about that, but I don't respect us foisting it onto others. Now, our Archbishop has, has been vehemently against LGBTQ rights too. In fact, he led the way in some of the initiatives on an initiative on the ballot in California. So this decision taking us to privacy and precedent is very dangerous in the lives of the, so many of the American people. Well, and again, not consistent with the gospel of Matthew. Okay. What, what, what does not consistent with the gospel of Matthew That's mean? That's the crucial point. Because everything else is typical, typical boilerplate progressivism, regardless of whether you claim to be a Christian right. or not. Yeah. Once she throws that down, it puts in the con when she said you're not supposed to voice things. You're rejecting the Great Commission. You, you are supposed to take the gospel which to the is entire in the, world. Which is in the gospel, gospel of, of Matthew. Matthew. Yes. Yeah. Please excommunicate her. As a Catholic, I demand uh, first order of business on this. This is She, she absolutely, it, it is an act of mercy to, for the church, for her, and for the entire flock. For it to be publicly recognized that she has excommunicated herself. Now, through this speech, through taking Holy Communion, despite what the Archbishop said, excommunicate her. There, the, dar- the darkness going on in the schools in Texas, the fact that we just had a, a uh, drag show in Ankeny, Iowa, and this, it's all connected. The line must be drawn here and no further. It is an act of mercy to send her east of Eden and pray that she comes back as a prodigal daughter to allow her to stay in here and continue to smash the stained glass from within is appalling. It is a stench. It is a pox on all of our houses. We bring damnation on ourselves by allowing this to happen. So to me, there's two angles to this. One is is the, the direct biblical uh, citing that she gives. And then the other is her associ- her association with the Catholic Church, which you've addressed. And I want to double back on that here in just Good. a minute. Okay. But I, the reason I went to the Gospel of Matthew thing is I would like to. I would like to provide for you guys uh, a hermeneutic in response to hers based on orthodoxy in response to her heterodoxy or heretical ramblings. Except I have a problem. I don't understand what this, and she says this several times, and she has said this before when this issue has come up. I I, I don't understand what is it specifically, and maybe you can help me, Todd, but, but what is it specifically about the gospel of Matthew? What I don't even I don't even understand what she's taking out of context, frankly. That I mean I, I I can't make an argument. I don't know what her argument is. I don't understand it. I mean I've I, and so I don't know how to respond. That's why I said I don't know literally what the hell she's talking about. I don't know what you know unless she's talking about is this Matthew seven judge not lest ye be judged is is that what she's saying? Except except when they've used that erroneously. Because if you actually, again, once again, if you look at that in the context, it's in the context of judging self-righteously. That is what she is doing. 
she is picking and choosing the parts of God's word that she thinks applies and which ones do not and acting accordingly. That's what Jesus is actually condemning in those verses. Okay. But when they've, when they've cited that out of context, they've actually cited it very specifically, right? Mm -hmm. So is there something in general within, because by the way, there's no such thing as progressive Christianity. It doesn't exist. That's a heresy. In fact, there's no such thing other than just Christianity. That's, that's all that there is. There's just Christianity. There's one Lord, one baptism, one word. There's just Christianity. Okay? So that in and of itself is at the very least specious and a fallacy if we're being kind. And at the, at the worst, it's a wholly different religion and it's a Marcion, Arius, Pelagius of this era. It's just a, it's the, it's the most specific manifestation of heresy for the times in which we live. So is there something unique amongst progressives in your tribe, Todd? Is there something unique about math, the gospel of Matthew as a whole that they are trying to pinpoint or take out of context that we can address because I frankly don't know what the hell she's talking about. Well, I appreciate your intellectual integrity of wanting to at least try to find that first, because I often do that with Pope Francis. There's a, there often is something there. With her, this is uh, ni- nicer than Jesus, BS nonsense, nonsense. This is be kind, accept everyone nonsense, none of which is the gospel. In fact, frankly, it's antithetical to the gospel. So... You did your adult job of asking the question. Okay. Now move on because okay. it's right. then I, I will. Then I will. And, and and piece of advice, by the way, if you want to, if that, if 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 you're the same kind of heretic that Nancy is, you're much better off specifically citing Matthew seven out of context because and and actually saying the verse if that's what she's trying to <laughs> Tips do. Tips for heresy yes. from Steve Dace. If, if that's what she's trying to do, okay. Because at the very least, you've taken one verse out of a book that the vast majority of Americans have not read that would at least tickle their ears. In the case of citing an entire book of the Bible as the basis for your heresy, you create a very target-rich environment for someone like me to come along and club you like yeah. baby seals over the head on the National Geographic channel. Yes. Okay? Yeah, because Narrow all gate, this- pearls before swine. Yes. That's Matthew too. Nancy. Yes. What yes. I really think this is, all this is, is just jargon. She's just throwing out something that sounds Bible-y uh, to right. an audience that's not even going to bother. Oh, she's legitimate. She said something Bible-y. She right. knows what she's talking about. I, I used to have a, 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 when we did the Dace group locally, the, we had a regular liberal panelist that would come on and he was a very, very liberal Jewish and highly educated, but very left-wing Jewish man. And... I asked him one time when these sorts of issues came up, you know, how he reconciled them with his belief system. And um, he just said that, uh, well, we've evolved beyond that. Now, keep in mind, this guy was a very decorated surgeon here in town. And I asked, so I said, so when you walk into the OR, you have to accept that the pancreas is where the pancreas is and does what it does. You have to, and if you don't, there are, there are steep consequences. You have to set your, your projection aside and you have to deal with truth as revelation. 
meaning that the pancreas was what it was and did what it did and is where it is before modern science discovered it. That truth was always there, right? Yes. And you can't change your treatment or response to the condition of the patient on the basis of what you think the pancreas should be and where you think the pancreas should say and reside in the body and how you think the pancreas should function. But you have to do it solely and totally and completely on the basis of the actual pancreas itself which pre-exists you. Why doesn't that apply to the law of Moses? I asked him, when did you, when, when was your enclave? When did you guys get together as an enclave and decide when the law of Moses expired? They usually involved maypoles when they happened yes. and it didn't go well. And he got very frustrated because no one's put, put it on him like that. Okay. I mean, w- when did the gospel of Matthew take precedence over, is that the only gospel? When did it, when did it take precedence over the rest of them? I, I really don't understand this argument on any level. Like, I've, I've argued against plenty of heresies on this show over the years. I've argued against heretics. This one is just so nut, nutty. I, I, it's yeah. so nutter. I don't know what she's, the, she's talking about. The weird thing is Catholics like her usually go to Luke because it seems it's like the kinder, gentler. Matthew Matthew's the one who brings out a club more often. And, and yeah. an, another reason why she's doing this and why it sounds so nonsensical. Um, does she, Todd, does she get, um, uh, I want to say censured, but does she get uh, disciplined by the Catholic Church very often? I don't know that she's ever been until, until now. Until now, yeah, exactly. So let's get to the specific associate, her specific association with the Catholic Church. Do you guys know why I'm not a Muslim? Because you don't believe in Muslim teaching, yeah. doctrine, etc. Because I, I don't believe Muhammad was a prophet and I don't believe in Islam. I don't believe the Quran was divine revelation. So I have no interest in following it. Now, does that mean I'm right about those things? No. I could be wrong about all three of those things, right? Sure. And I could be risking my eternal soul on the wrong side of the wager on all three of those things, correct? Sure. It, just because I don't believe it doesn't mean it's true or not true on the basis of my correct. belief either. Correct. Okay? But at least there's a congruency in my belief and behavior because I don't believe Muhammad was a prophet, or at least not one from above. And I don't believe that the Quran is divine revelation. I therefore don't seek to be in an intimate covenantal association with Islam, nor to follow teachings that I don't believe in. I just don't associate with it, right? Mm-hmm. Has there ever been, in the history of human civilization, two movements slash organizations that more people are anxious to join represent or speak for than the Republican party in the United States and the Christian church globally. Have you ever seen like who says guys, man, I believe in I'm pro-life without exception. I'm, I've, I've just got to be a Democrat guys who does. No, no one does this. No one does this. No one says I'm just anxious. I mean, I just, you know, I, I really don't believe the Quran is the final word of, of God. And I'm not even sure Allah is God. But I just, just freaking love those face coverings, and you know they, uh, and and you know they go great with they accessorize great with the rest of my wardrobe. So you know I'm um, I'm gonna hadith away. No one does this. No one does this. No one says, "Wow, I really believe in a in a in a purpose creation." 
uh, that was guided by an intelligent source. And that's why I'm really anxious to join your atheist society. No one. And that's why I'm here to introduce my favorite speaker, Sam Harris. No one does this. No one does this. The only two entities in the entire history of this world that people have actively sought to join proactively. Like, I want to be associated with this, despite the fact I don't want to be associated with this. I don't believe in the what's on the platform of the GOP. I don't believe what's in the Bible, the gospel of Matthew or anything else. But by golly, I must join the Republican Party and I must join the Christian church. Help me understand this. What's Hail. the benign, innocent explanation for oh, that? There's not one of those, but I explain it. Hail Hydra. Right. Because they're not associating. They are infiltrating. Yes. They're not associating. They are infiltrating. The role of a pastor, whether he's wearing the ornate robes of the Catholic Church or he's in a Hawaiian shirt and skinny jeans at your suburban evangelical megachurch variety, the role primarily is the same. Feed the sheep. Confront the wolves. This woman and others like her have been permitted by the Catholic Church to openly behave as ravenous wolves, devouring the sheep, as Augustine, probably the greatest thinker in the history of the Catholic Church, or maybe the Christian Church, post-Paul in general. As he famously put it, there are many sheep without, but many wolves within. And we are at a point where Protestants, many Protestants, even more, certainly evangelicals, more than Catholics, would be rooting even for this Pope to reach down I mean, that's where we're at. Yeah, well, here's of- where we're at. 60 years ago, Protestants didn't want to vote for Jack Kennedy. Exactly. Because they thought he was going to take orders from the Pope. 60 years later, when Catholics run for office, the Protestants will ask them, will you listen to the Pope? <laughs> or at least the ones before the current yeah. one. Uh, that's now where we are. Okay? That's where we are. And what is the point This is now where I'm going to speak as a Protestant. The difference between a magisterium and a bureaucracy is this. That's the difference. A magisterium is upholding something of value. And therefore, its existence is justifiable. A bureaucracy just exists. That's all that it does. And all it seeks to do, therefore, from that point forward, is to perpetuate its own existence. Sounds like Gollum. Yes. The church has permitted her and many others like her to wear its branding as heretics. What's the benign, innocent explanation for that? Most infiltrations have to be subtle, subversive. This is wide out in the open. Yes, it'll be by Seller Hold here in just a few moments as we begin hour two of the Steve Day Show live and on demand on Blaze TV. 
radio and podcast. Those of you that are listening via the podcast, please leave us a five-star review if you dig us uh, and you like it. Um, And then, of course, hit subscribe or follow for us as well. Thanks to all of you, the thousands of you that have done that for the program already. We appreciate each and every one. You can also show your appreciation or just let us know what you think about what we think by emailing the show, steve at stevedace.com. Or like me on Facebook, MeWe, Parlor and Gab. Follow me at Steve Day Show on Twitter and Getter. And get clips of the show free of censorship, free to watch when you go to rumble.com slash Steve Dace Show. We have a full hour of buy, seller hold about to get underway. Brought to you by My Patriot Supply. If it seems like things are falling apart, it's because things are falling apart. That's why you want to make sure... That you have the peace of mind with the three-month emergency food kit from our friends at My Patriot Supply. That's breakfast, lunch, dinner, even snacks, drinks. They hook you up with over 2,000 calories a day for everyone, you and everyone in your household, so that you've got the peace of mind to know, hey, the next time, hey, that could never happen here. Sadly, ends up happening here. Hashtag let's go, Brandon. All right, so they also will help you figure out how to do, store this properly. So it, with because with the proper storage, it stays good for up to 25 years, okay? So, and, and they send it to you discreet. I mean, I guess, you know, you could request the chartreuse Doom Prepper van. I'm not sure one exists, but they send it to you discreet, so you keep it on the down low if you're worried about that, right? Uh, and hey, don't wait for it to go down know that you are taken care of just in case it does $150 off when you get it from preparewithdace.com $150 off when you get it from preparewithdace.com let's get to buy seller hold for this second hour this is where Aaron with help from his friends you in the audience throws it Todd and I statements predictions comparisons lists etc Todd you and I will decide are we going to buy that are we going to sell that And once per episode, you are permitted to use a hold. However, if you use that hold for any reason whatsoever, other than, you know what? You don't have to do anything to Lindsey Graham this time. You have to let him do it to you. Aaron, go ahead. Just a bad person. Todd's eyes lit up a little bit when you said you don't have to do anything. You thought I was going to let you off the hook, right? I like like doing that. I like like giving you hope and then taking it away. Yeah. Chad Smith leads things off today. One of 31 submissions chosen by Ma today. Wow. A Georgia voter's reaction to choosing between Kemp and Purdue is the same as Todd's reaction to Steve's review of 2,000 viewers. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's a great that's a great comparison that is a great I comparison i hope i hope that's a buy and that's and so i'm gonna buy it and and you know remember when i said yesterday and we talked about this in the overtime too and i know typically what what is said in the overtime stays there but since it's dated now since the election occurred i'll address it i said in the overtime yesterday we were trying to figure out how we would navigate this if we were on the ground right. in georgia right because you had you had you had brian kemp who had was a very good governor of Georgia and was lauded on our show for standing up to Disney on life, uh, standing up uh, to frankly Trump and Fauci on COVID. Okay, um, and then uh, just you know was inhabited by the uh, malevolent spirit of Mitt Romney when it came to the last election, right? And then you had, and but you were in, in everything you wanted to be angry about. 
him with is deserved. I mean, ultimately, if the elections aren't secure, it it kind of doesn't really matter what are what candidates are running that have our beliefs on elections if the election itself is unsecure, right? Mm-hmm. So I get, I get, I totally get, and I'm one of you. You know, it's it's not like we've had a lot of kind things to say about Brian. Two two years ago at this time, I was like. I was like sending smoke signals to Brian Kemp's team about, you guys thought about running for president? So in the last, in the last year. You talked about him more than DeSantis at I, that yes, point. Yes, yes. In the last year, have, have we had a lot of really positive things on our show to talk about with Brian Kemp or we, even discussed him at all? We have not. So that, so you know why? Because I'm in your camp. I was so disgusted by the way they handled that election and its aftermath down there. That it just completely, it all, and almost all but canceled out what I thought about the guy prior to the event. The problem was you were being asked by Trump to retaliate with a guy in David Perdue, who has always been inhabited by the malevolent spirit of, of Mitt Romney. And, and you're saving grace. You know, your predecessor in that chair, Jen, used to say, I don't like being in a position where I'm hoping the people I'm voting for are lying to me. <laughs> right? <laughs> All right. I don't want to be in, in a position where I'm where my hope lies in this person is such a craven a-hole that they will literally just do whatever Trump tells them to do. I, I, I frankly don't want to put my hope in that. Why? Because what happens when someone comes along and offers them something bigger or more than Trump? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I just if that's what you were hoping for with David Perdue. You're hoping he was not the guy that he showed you he was as a senator because he was just this desperate to win that he would do whatever Trump told him to do. That To me, that's not much of a saving grace. And that was basically the choice you were given. And so one of the ways I tried to break this down yesterday in the overtime was, all right, if we agree that there really is no aspirational rationale here, let's talk just straight up who can win. And... I mean, he already beat Stacey Abrams once and in a bad year. So to me, I think if Brian Kemp won the nomination, I said yesterday, I didn't think he was going to win by 50 points. I mean, I thought he was going to trounce David Perdue. I didn't think he was going to win by 50 points. All right. But I said, if Brian Kemp wins, he's going to win by eight to 10 points this fall. If David Perdue wins, he probably will also win. But he's just showed statewide he's a weak enough candidate that you'd have to invest resources there that maybe. You'd prefer to uh, you'd prefer to invest getting rid of Gretchen Whitmer in Michigan or someplace else, okay? And then I asked you guys, and Robbie, you know, our colleague was with us, is that a compelling argument at all? And we discussed and debated that. I bring that up because I wonder how many people in Georgia last night did that calculus and just, just decided when they were there, likely voting for Herschel Walker, when they were there, they just said, you know what? I, I just don't like either one of these guys. So I might as well, while I'm here, vote for the person that has already shown they can beat Stacey Abrams so we can rid our state once and for all of the scourge that she is. Do you think that's maybe what went on last night? It's a very positive. That's the only positive thing to go there for. Other than that is just some sort of Rube Goldberg machine of nonsense logic. I hope that's the case. Okay. Uh, moving on. 79 model Chris says, if there's an Aaron's razor, there must be an Erzenton window. I like it. I'll buy. Accept it. I like it. Yeah. Next, Alexander Rogers. Uh, one of two submissions I selected of his this week. Tesla asking their car owners to reduce charging usage in Texas 
is a harbinger of the brown and blackouts in many American cities this coming summer. Buy. They're already warning about this. Absolutely. I'll buy. Yes. Um, you know, you've already had problems with your grid in Texas as it is. We all just recently saw it. The nation just saw that. Uh, what was it? Uh, February of last year of 21, right? During uh, the yep. late late winter. So you've already demonstrated, I mean, I don't know, what what added measures have been done to protect and defend your grid there after mm-hmm. that proof of concept already occurred. Uh, I remember the, you guys will probably, I think Aaron, you're even old enough to remember now, the 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 brownouts that got, uh, what was it, Boyd Gray or Gray Connolly, who was the California mayor, got recalled and Arnold Schwarzenegger got voted mm-hmm. in. And it was the rolling brownouts and blackouts in California. Gray were Davis. Big, Gray yeah. Davis is who I was thinking of. Thank you. Uh, that were a big reason there. So, I mean, we have seen this already. And at times that we were not systemically as weakened economically and from an energy standpoint as we are right now. So to me, this is an obvious buy. It, there's a laugh track to this one because the thing that is supposed to like save you uh, buying a Tesla, you know, from you know, from the plight of the world is now you can't even use it because the grid is going down. So haha, ha, uh, there's that. But yeah, and I, I listen, I don't mean this maliciously uh, to you Texans. We're going to be down there visiting many of you uh, pretty soon, but I kind of, when you talk about things you hope happen, Steve, like I, you, you guys need I, to you get mean, your ho- don't I mess that with I hope te- happen because it, it compels yeah. yes. us to action. Yeah. You need to get your don't mess with Texas on. We all need that. America needs that. And you've been pushovers for way too long and hiding behind kitschy slogans. I want to see the real fight. I really want to see it. So here's where we are. The world's richest man who built a sizable chunk of that wealth off of becoming the most prolific and successful electric car uh, producer in human history is now urging for us to drill for more oil is, is now has now become is going to vote Republican for the first time moved his business from California to Texas and is is now warning you not to overuse the charge for your electric cars because of the of the coming brownouts and blackouts that we're going to see uh, rolling during the heat of the summer, and uh, and 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 he's the guy that was excommunicated from like the environmental uh, woke consortium of the New York Stock Exchange. Correct. Got it all. Yeah, these are some. Good times. Maybe, you know what? I go back to last hour. Maybe I owe Nancy Pelosi an apology. These are these are such confusing times. Maybe maybe her heresy actually made more sense to more people than I thought. I mean, right now, Bill Maher and Ricky Gervais are the tip of the spear of traditional gender roles. So <laughs> that's where we live. And Russell Brand and J.K. Rowling. Yeah. Yes, yes. Did you see yes. uh, a couple of uh, top Biden advisors are going to Saudi Arabia to uh, ask, among other things, about uh, increased oil production? Did you see <laughs> that story? <laughs> so the argument is we need you guys to destroy your environment in order to give us hey, that's less how China was oil. built. That's how China was built. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, modern China, anyway. I'm sure that'll be a very compelling argument. Auburn Tiger 89 says TikTok and Zoom. Now, listen to this closely. TikTok and Zoom have done more good for the American educational system 
than any organization in the last 50 years. This is along the lines of what you were just yeah. referencing that I'm often advocating for. I mean, if 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 we are if we are indeed going to cut off our manly parts, then let's get thee to a nunnery quick like. You know what I'm saying? Let's 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 get busy living or get busy dying. Let's let's go all the way. Okay? Because this is what it means when Jesus says I I I vomit or I spit or I project the lukewarm taste out of my mouth. Okay? Because it, it what it means, it doesn't mean that being really bad um is is morally better than than being uh you know, morally lukewarm. That's not what it means. That might have been what Luther meant when he once joked, if you're going to sin, sin boldly. Meaning, hey, yeah, go all the way with it. You know what I mean? Make it worth it. Make that time in hell. Let's find out. Make that time in hell well spent. All right? All right? Have some stories to tell in in between your never-ending forever torture. Uh, But um, what Jesus means, I think, is that it's the lukewarm that causes us the 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 sanitizing the anesthetizing and masking of symptoms that causes us not to look at the disease to not look under the hood at the truth you're too comfortable yes it creates a level of comfort where if things are really dark we seek the light preach if the light is very bright it attracts more to it like in the summertime when your front porch light is on, what buzzes around that front, por- that front porch light all summer long? Bugs. Are they amongst the cleanest, smartest of God's creation amongst creatures? No. They're on the low end of the food chain, correct? Correct. But even they who feast on feces and trash and waste and disposal and live for eight days and that's when they're not squashed by us, they can't help us, but even in their way unevolved state, they can't help but be attracted to the light, right? So it's when the light is brightest that it attracts even more, and it's when things are the darkest that we seek most the light. It's when it's just, okay, man, it's all good. I'm in cruise control. Like Things could be better. They could be worse. That lukewarm is killing us. Because we get comfortable with it. We, we, we become our own frog in the boiling water. And that's what this is alluding to. COVID forced millions of parents to finally acknowledge what they probably knew all along was true. But they either didn't want to acknowledge it or they didn't have the time to or thought they were too busy to. And now it's in their face and they have to admit it. Look at this level of propaganda look at this level of programming look at this level of debauchery and now we have to do something about it so i think this is a brilliant take and the same thing with the accounts like libs of tiktok and everything else where they just go out there and advertise this and give us our own content and fodder this is brilliant you noticed a trend with libs of tiktok it used to be it would take a couple of days before, a couple of days, maybe half a week before a video that they featured of a teacher specifically or somebody associated with a school would prompt a response from the school. Yeah. Now we're getting them instantly. Yeah. 
that's called a narrative. Yep. Instead of reacting to the narrative, you are creating one instantaneously. And I love that about that. Account. We saw that in our backyard of Ankeny yeah. just yesterday. Yes. Uh, literally like an hour after I sent you guys that video yeah, they came from out Libs of TikTok, statement. The Blaze, we had a follow-up story from the school with a, hey, we didn't sanction this. We're on it. You know what I'm saying? That's cockroaches scurry at the light. Shine the light. I'm guessing you're a buy here. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Next up, we'll go to Jerry Davis. Having seen Top Gun Maverick, it'll hit $2 billion at the box office. Wow. That's great. I've seen I'm hearing you, good things. So my, the reviews are pretty price. great. Yeah. We're going to go see it this weekend. Yeah. So I could buy it. Although my official position remains, I do not believe this movie will ever be released. <laughs> We we have, we have, we have, guys we have watched two plus years of trailers for this film. You realize that, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I I I this movie was supposed to be out like Memorial Day 2020. So I absolutely do not believe this film will ever be released. But I do have plans to go see it this weekend. Me too, and I respect the patience. You know, it, everybody. I mean, we have our complaints about Hollywood, but everybody COVID wise was in a tough position. How do we release it? Do we release it on? You know, like they did with uh, on HBO Max with what was it, Wonder Woman? I think didn't mm-hmm. they? Do, I mean, tough call. I mean, I respect the fact that they waited and they're gonna reap the fruits. You guys want to hear see something funny really quick? Yeah, or hear something funny? Yeah. I just saw this. Our CEO Tyler just retweeted this. Health Canada, which has like four hundred some odd thousand followers on Twitter, and it's it's what you think it is. It's like an official Canadian health agency. Health Canada just tweeted out a poll. All right, or yesterday tweeted out a poll. Almost 40,000 people voted in this. Is that a lot? That's a yeah. lot. Okay. Question, true or false? Vaccination reduces your risk of experiencing serious illness from COVID-19 and related pregnancy complications. You guys ready for this? Almost 40,000 people voted in this in the Health Canada Twitter poll. 87% uh, voted false. Nice. 13% voted true. <laughs> oh, it's the little things. It's the little things these days to Come get your jollies to me, off of. my people. Yes, yes. Uh, up next, Tiny Johnny has a top 10 funniest and most enjoyable Looney Tunes characters. Ready for this? Probably not. Probably not, but go ahead. Number 10, Speedy Gonzalez. Sure. I like Speedy I like Gonzalez, him. yeah. Like him? Yeah. Uh, number 9, Tweety has to be higher. Yeah, okay. Mm, yeah. I'm, I'm fine. Okay. Number 8, Sylvester the Cat. That's a good spot for Sylvester. Okay. Okay. I'm okay with this so far. Number seven, Tasmanian Devil. Too low, probably. I think that one's too low. Yeah. Number six, Yosemite Sam. That's Classic. too low. And I think that might be too low. That, that should be, that should be at least number three. three. Yeah. At least number three. Yeah. Number five, Foghorn Leghorn. Solid. Too high. Solid, but Solid. probably too high. Uh, number four, Elmer Fudd. That's Perfect. Prob- right where he belongs. I think that's too high. Uh, do you? Because I'd be fine with him at number four, and then... He can't be ahead of the last... Yosemite Sam at number three. The three we just talked about, I think. Okay. All right. Uh, number three, Wild E. Coyote and the Roadrunner. Vintage classic stuff. Yeah, but I would not have it number three. Number two, Daffy Duck. Classic. Too, too high. Even though it's an est- such an established brand? It is, but too too high. Okay. I mean, even they even did like breakout branding with him, like his own separate line of movies and everything else. Well, I think this speak, but look at who's, I mean, number uh, one, far be it for me Bunny. to criticize coattails, but yes. look at number one. Okay. 
Yeah. Meaning that if you're on Bugs Bunny's coattails, yeah. anything they would have broken out from that brand probably would have yes. been successful to some degree. Yes. Okay. I think I think mine was the last generation that actually could watch these on over-the-air broadcast television. Before they were racist? Before they were racist. Did you Politically watch, incorrect? Really? Yeah, no, they were on you super could? early, oh, like 6, 6.30 on Saturday mornings until I was like 10 or 11 and hmm. then they scrubbed them. Uh, Eagle Flight says, if Republicans ever started winning 70% of the Hispanic vote, the Dems would immediately get a wall built on the southern border. <laughs> <laughs> I know that's a funny quip. Do you think that's real? Uh, sell. Sell. But I like yeah. it. Yeah. I like the way you're thinking. Yeah. Okay. Um, do I think it is possible that you might get a few that would go for it? Maybe. But en masse? No. I mean... They would just start expelling. Y- yes. In fact... Yeah. There was a there was a story at, for, uh, recently that Axios did during I don't know how many of our listeners and, and viewers can hear the commercial breaks. OK, so we just just ran a promo with our colleague Sarah Gonzalez referencing this. OK, but there was a recent story from Axios warning about the coming tide of alt right uh, white nationalist Hispanics. <laughs> Uh, and then there's a clip in this promo from Pat Gray that says, it's funny, all of a sudden now that Hispanics are becoming more Republican, they're getting more racist. Right? Yeah, are Hispanics the yes. new Asians now? Yes, that's what would happen. That's what would occur. And guys, we're, it won't take 70%. We're only a few percentage points away from this happening. I mean, I, I think you're looking at Republicans winning a record percentage of Hispanic voters in November. Like more than a one... And, and, you know, we've been keeping stats on this since about 1980. I'm talking so modern era. I think that's coming this year. Up next, we go to Uncle's Bob, Uncle Bob's your uncle, Bob 100, who says a red wave in 2022 without leadership change is a blue wave in 2024. I'm at a cell. It's a blue wave in 2026. You have the right sentiment, but it won't turn around that fast. Um, it, they don't have a charismatic leader. Uh, if you if you look at it, they don't win. Other than the last election, they stole. When they win, it's because elections are about personalities, and they have the charisma candidate, Bill Clinton, Barack Obama. Right? When they don't win, it's because those they didn't have a charisma candidate, and those elections were about issues. 1980, 1984, 1988. Michael Dukakis tried making himself the charisma candidate, put himself in a tank, and the election was pretty much over once America saw that visual. Uh, 2016, um, she's still chilling in Cedar Rapids. I mean, so, no. They need a charisma candidate to win, and Republicans need the election to be about issues to win. They don't have a charisma candidate for 2024. And all the issues are against them. Yeah, so so your pattern, if it proceeds... It's more likely what happens is that there's another some for, another form of red wave in 24, and whoever the Republicans nominate, likely Trump or DeSantis, wins the presidency, and then it's a matter of can they move the Congress to put forth an affirmative agenda? If they can, then they can stave off some of the traditional off-year midterm election tradition. Okay, if they cannot, like like Trump couldn't. Uh, then you're looking at another 2018. Does he mean by leadership change? Is he including Trump in that? I assume he is. Like if Trump, I think he means leadership. I think change, he means like Senate, McConnell, yeah. uh, uh, McCarthy, etc. Like I don't even think that's fundamental. Listen, 
they have the left has so bottomed things out. I am, am selling because even if Trump is the president, if he wins, and is it's all the chaos of the past, but the left is so bottomed things out. And if Trump just by actually putting some better people around him and being a grown up and and making it so obvious that you are economically better and even you are more sane than all of this that's the thing they they they've so sprinted past mere rhetoric and talking points and this is and people are statistically showing through polling that they believe this is as broken as dark as it's been in a long time i just i just disagree that it's that automatic now do yes do i believe you could still end up being writing because they won't do that yes but it's just not as simple as it real quick another side something i just saw on twitter uh, Trafalgar has a poll on the Missouri Senate race, mm-hmm. uh, the GOP Missouri Senate primary there, right? Okay. So Greitens is kind of considered, my understanding is he's kind of the establishment uh, candidate. Yep. He's got a slight lead there. And the second place candidate is uh, is Vicki Hartzler, who's a member of Congress. So while you were talking, just out of curiosity, I, I, I and this is not an endorsement, don't know her, never met her. I don't, haven't looked at her Liberty score. I don't know anything about her, Okay. I just checked on her Twitter feed, though, because it's the highest I've seen her polled in this race. So I was just kind of curious to see, you know, what kind of activity and response she was getting. And the first thing I see is her, is her bio. And, and again, not an endorsement. I don't know her at all. But I have to tell you, I, this I thought was clever. Here's her bio. Christian wife, mother, lifelong conservative U.S. Congresswoman, sanctioned by the Chinese Communist Party. That's, that's her bio. Okay, that's that is some quality messaging, particularly in this environment right there. I just again, I I don't know her record or anything of that nature. Um, So but uh, I I, I just I I thought that was Mm -hmm. that was some good branding right there. I'm the shy comms hate me. So vote for me. Yes. Go ahead, Aaron. I'm sorry. Uh, one point of order as well before we continue on. Uh, This is from Colonel Kurtz. No Marvin the Martian on the list. Hard sell, whole list is faulty. Buy, sell, or hold that. So here's my I'm, theory. First of all, I love calling yourself Colonel Kurtz, number one. Great reference. Um, but number two, Marvin the Martian to me is the, is the rage against the machine of, of Looney Tunes characters. Like, we haven't talked about this in a long time. Maybe you guys have never even heard me address this. But, I mean, I, I'm convinced rage against the machine was only created so that conservative talk shows would have really cool bumper music because that's like the only time you ever heard rage against the machine music unless it was the you know closing track to the matrix you only heard their songs when our shows back in the old radio days when we that it was just created for great radio talk radio bumper music a guy used to troll me on twitter because I used to use so much Rage Against the Machine bumper music, and he would then tag Tom Morello, the guy who wears the commie hat, but then charges you 300 bucks to see his show. All right, He would then tag Tom Morello on, on Twitter, this guy's illegally sampling your music, sue him, you know? And then we, after that, I would just put more Rage bumpers in. But um, uh, along those lines, Marvin the Martian was just created so that Looney Tunes could break in to the tattoo industry. It's not a cool character, no one knows anything about it. No one knows who he is, what he does, what his point is. They just know lots of hot chicks in college and high school. They, 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 they had an ankle tat of Marvin the Martian. That's all they know. 
That's that's he's just there so that Looney Tunes could break into the tattoo industry. I'm wow. total Han Solo with that. That's not how I thought that answer was going to go. <laughs> that is interesting. Uh, Vicky Hartzler, uh, over under 95% on her Liberty score. I'm going to go under. Yeah. My guess is under. 59%. Yeah. <laughs> we can't have nice things. That was, that was very well played. Very well played. Uh, like Shaul says, Jim Kelly era of the Bills is the greatest team in league history with four straight bowl appearance, Super Bowl appearances. Get out of here. No way, man. Come on. No. No. So. Yeah. Next up, Elliot Want says, we find out who one of the 20 who or who won the 2020 Iowa Democrat presidential primary before we find out who won the 2022 <laughs> Pennsylvania Republican Senate primary. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, I feel like choosing buy or sell on this would just sully it in some way that it just should stand on its own. Yes. Right. Moment of silence. Yes, indeed. Thank you. All right. We'll be back with more buy, sell or hold here coming up uh, in just a few moments. Stay tuned. We've got a new partner here on the show, and you'll, as we get closer to summer, uh, you'll, or maybe if summer ever actually arrives around here, because uh, I'm wearing flannel as we approach Memorial Day weekend, uh, you'll be seeing me wear some of this gear. It's uh, from our new friends at Viciously Loyal. Uh, they've got a cool line of swag, and whether it's your beliefs, your family, your community, your country, Visual, Viciously Loyal is a purpose-driven brand that's unique, as unique as the people who wear it. Everyone and anyone who is viciously loyal to something that matters to them. And the spirit of this brand was born from a long line of servicemen and women who choose to be servants to their community and live their lives with purpose. And, and really, that goes with everything that they do. And all Viciously Loyal gear is designed and printed right here in the U.S., designed with some serious style, maximum maximum comfort and durable construction. They use soft, blended fabrics, and they also look really cool. Uh, if you want to check it out, uh, you can use my name as a discount code right now. Steve, get 20% off your new Viciously Loyal gear when you go to viciouslyloyal.com, just like it sounds, Viciously loyal.com and use the discount code steve to get 20 percent off when you do at viciouslyloyal.com. let's get back to part two of buy seller hold we move on with overton window sticker shock who says trump's attempts at building content via truth social would make more of a positive impact in the sol- uh, in the culture war than if he were to have a second term in office yes sell i think I think this the ceiling is higher on a presidency. I'm going to buy. Here's why. In general, I would agree, especially given the um the imminence of the moment, the urgency of the moment, okay? Um but I think there are there's at least one other person and maybe a couple of other people that if they were elevated to the presidency could at least do what he did when he was there, which is 
not really get anything good through Congress, but still use their executive power to accomplish good. And then I think there might be a guy in Florida who has demonstrated he knows how to bend a legislature uh, to the will of the people and to get things done that might even exceed that. How many people do we have that are friendly to our viewpoint that could create a platform and generate the revenue necessary to create an original stream of of culture affirming content? Well, like I uh, said, that answer I'm telling you is not large. Yeah, that's my concern yesterday. Yeah, so I'm not even sure if it's him. So because of that. I will buy your proposition that I think it's however short you think the list is we have of people who are who could be game changers for the next four years in the White House. I'm just telling you, the list might be even shorter of people that could pull off something that more Americans pay attention to than politics, which is pop culture. But it's it, it's good answer. But it's it's, it's 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 a great question because it's kind of a flip of the coin yeah. for sure. Now here's the thing: both endeavors come down to the personnel, right? I mean, Trump's not going to sit there and screen all the content, and he just I mean, he, personnel he, is policy. Personnel yeah. is policy, and at best, he had a spotty personnel record in the White House. <laughs> so that's the key. Now I won't reveal any any secrets, but got a note last night from someone we all know that interviewed for the job of being their de- the content development director over there. And now I'm interested because I was like, I couldn't care less. Yes. Yesterday. So if, 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 if he made it onto their list, maybe they're doing their homework over there, right? Sure. So I, I think that all, both of these endeavors come down to the, the quality of the personnel that, 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 that power and authority is delegated to. Up next, we have Token White Man who says after this <laughs> painful transition is completed and we all have expensive electric vehicles, the cost of daily recharging will be the equivalent of pumping $6 to yes. $10 dollar yeah, gallon gas. Great. Yeah, that's perfect. That is if yeah. electricity is available. That's if electricity is available. That, and that is if we don't have a, a shortage of the lithium and everything else that they then have to go out and, and find to make these uh, make this technology and manifest it, make it even possible, right? So We'll be burning more coal then. Yeah, right. that's ironic, is it not? Well, this, this is related yes. to the second que- the question about the Teslas, right? Yes. Same thing. All you need to know about the... It, it, you know what? Let's take a step back. Is pollution bad? Yes. Stipulated? Sure. Pollution is bad. Okay. I mean, I remember growing up as a kid in California, smog alerts, like don't go play outside. Okay. Uh, is so is so air air quality do humans need air yes guys although it's funny a lot of the people who told you that uh, <laughs> they cared about air quality the last 26 months wanted your filtration system to be shut down so you re-ingested your own waste right but humans need air pollution is bad we've stipulated these two things okay. ergo ergo okay we should do what we can within the bounds of reason to limit air pollution if we can, or at least excessive, excessive counts of it. Fair? Yeah, all kinds of pollution, air, water, all of it. Yeah, sure. you bet. Okay. Except the people who told you they were on the side of pollution, just like the, the people who told you they were on the side of racial equality, have nothing to say about the level, the low levels of 
uh, education standards and graduation rates in predominantly black school districts. They have nothing to say about uh, the high volumes of black on black crime that a black male under the age of 25 is, is far more likely to be victimized by another black male under the age of 25 than any other. Right. On We could go on right. and on, on and on. OK. The same people who tell you that they want mass transformation of society for a green new deal, new deal or a great reset. They welcomed China through the front doors of the World Economic Forum on Monday to provide their views on climate change. And China is by far the biggest polluter in the world. China and India both pollute far at far greater rates than the U.S. does. Which that shows you this may be about a lot of things. Curbing pollution, though, wouldn't be one of them. Stop connecting dots, Dace, and just drink the Kool-Aid. Indeed. Like the, the Why won't you comply? Yes. Is it like the uh, people who say we can't do uh, nuclear energy because even if it was safe, it's safe. Even if it was safe, we don't know what to do with uh, all of the nuclear waste. Those same people who have no idea how to you know, recycle the turbine blades because they're you know, fiberglass. Or, is that kind of what you're Kind of like that. that. Yeah. Okay. okay. Moving on. Rodney Bowe says... If DeSantis runs for president in 2024, he'll win the primary and will be the president for the following eight years. But you're going to buy? Yeah. I'm going to sell just because a lot can happen in eight years. Okay. Oh, well, that a lot, a lot can happen in eight years. So for that reason, I mean, eight years ago, it was 2014. And I mean, I had to convince a ton of people. And at that time, I still had, I still had a lot of relationships within left-wing media um and i mean I re- i'd have to convince you know a lot of them that trump is serious because otherwise why is he calling a schmuck from iowa like me if he wasn't serious about this eight years ago the idea that we would forcibly mask people i mean <laughs> i can't even envision if i went back to 2014 2014 Oh, I know. And I just accurately read what the headlines are. If I went back to May 25th, 2014 and said, folks, here are the headlines. I just came back from the future. I hopped into DeLorean, just came back. Right. And so Doc gave me a ride back and I'm going to pull the full biff. I'm going to pull the full biff. I'm going to read from you the headlines of the future. Here are the headlines in the country on May 25th, 2022. And I showed them these libs of TikTok videos. I, you, you, I, I know. I mean, Bill Mars, the tip of the spear. Yes. Reality. Yes. I, I would get, you know, in 2014, we were nationally syndicated. This is before you guys came. We're nationally syndicated by Salem Radio. I'd have gotten a call from my boss, Phil Boyce, and he said, you know, son, I, I thought you were a young, promising voice. Maybe going to be my next Levin, my next Hannity. Because he told me that once, by the way. Uh, I was wrong. Dead wrong. Uh, leave that to Alex Jones. Click. Have a nice career. And he'd been right. Yeah. He'd have been right. So a, a lot can happen in eight years. A lot can happen in eight years. That's why I'm going to sell. Fair enough. 
Next, we go to bacon. New Barna study found that 63% of pastors do not possess a <laughs> biblical worldview. Buy, sell, or hold. The real number is actually higher. Uh, I, I, I'll, I'll sell. Barna, Barna does some pretty painstaking work. Uh, you know what? I'll buy because I think it's much more likely that it's a little bit higher then it's a little bit lower. Like, I think it's much more likely that the number is 68% than it's 58%. And you have to understand how Barna defines a biblical worldview yeah. when it does these surveys. Just so let, me, so let me articulate that. We're talking real basic stuff, guys. Yeah, that's my um, memory. The, the, the Satan is a real force, yeah. okay? Uh, a real independent force, not a notion, yeah. not a metaphor, but a real independent force. Uh, Jesus is the only atonement for sin, that is that satisfies the wrath of God. There's no other path to heaven. The Bible is the infallible word of God. There's no um, crazy rapture. No, no, we're, yeah, we're, and we're not even going to discuss progressive sanctification, right. Arminianism, right. Uh, Calvinism, Pelagianism. We don't get any of that. infant uh, pedantic, well, uh, you know, baptisms or full immersion. We don't get to any of that aren't stuff. Aren't they the one who did the study about who knows what the Great Commission yes. is? Yeah. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. We're talking the stuff that every previous generation of Americans were, were just taught. K through six in Sunday yes. school as children or Bible, vacation Bible school stuff. Okay. That's how Barna articulates a biblical worldview. So I think it's more likely the number might be 68 than 58, but it's likely that the number is pretty close, but it's more likely that it's a little higher than lower. So I'll buy. I mean, there's been tons of studies that have been done in the last decade or so that decade or so that show the longer someone spends time in an American seminary, the less likely they are to preach a biblical worldview once they get into a pulpit. So there you go. And that's, that's coming from the, that's coming from the sola, um, uh, the alleged sola scriptura crowd. So there you go. Next up, what bandit has Mount Rushmore of instrumental rock tracks? You ready for this? Okay. Jessica, the Allman brothers. That's okay. Good. That's good. Yes. That's good stuff. Yeah. Love that song. Also the, the theme song of one of my all time favorite TV shows. Um, Cliffs of Dover by Eric Johnson. I know, I, I know, I'm supposed to know that one, and I'm I'm sure if it if you started it up, I would recognize it, but off the top of my head, I don't. I'm I, sorry. I do. It's in the back of my head. I can't. I, I'm. I. It's not Mount Rushmore. That's all I'm saying. Okay. I don't think the next two. I know. I don't know. Fire on high, electric light orchestra. Yeah, I have no idea what that is. And and the the last one here. Is it YYZ? Is YYZ that, by Rush. That I I'm I guarantee at some stoner party in college I've heard this. I just don't. Yeah. I, I just can't pinpoint it. Okay. Which means if someone started playing it, I'd be like, oh yeah. And then you would tell me what it was called. But off the top of my head, I don't know the last two. I'm sorry. I, I've got to add uh, Foreplay by Boston. Yeah. Which is the precursor to Long Time. Yeah. Yep. Is Classical Gas considered rock? Is, what did you just say? Classical, classical Gas. gas. You mean like after Thanksgiving dinner? <laughs> yeah, what? You've never heard of, you, you've heard of classical gas. No, I've never heard what of classical the, gas. Yeah, never heard that expression in my life. Is this like the YYZ thing where it's definitely something we've heard oh and we my, just never yes. knew the name of it? Yeah, we're going to violate some copyright rules right now. You've, All right, you, you do that while it. I tell the audience okay. about uh, Bill Barr uh, because the third time's the charm. And, you know, we believe in the rule of three around here. Right. We're Trinitarian. So we tend to see things in thirds. And I went ahead because I, I, I do this for you. I do this for you, the people. 
I went ahead just because I wasn't sure after a second straight day of sampling the new brownie batter puff, which I can confirm is still available right now, by the way. I, I, I'm like, it's been about 12 hours. Maybe, I don't know, maybe I'm exaggerating a little bit. So today, post-workout, I went ahead again. I'm your watchman on the wall. It's what I do. I went ahead and bit the bullet and had the brownie powder puff from Bill Barr for a third straight day. And I'm here to report it's every bit as good as I thought it was the previous two times. Now, because we take nothing for granted on this show and we are perpetual truth testers and tellers, I will continue putting the brownie batter built bar puff to the test. Make sure that it measures up to our high standards of integrity here on the program. But if you want to try the greatest of all protein bars and one of its greatest flavors that's out right now, uh, or all of their other great flavors, you can do so right now. All right. Use the promo code DACE, D E A C E, get 10% off when you go to built.com. That's their website for the greatest protein bar of all time. Get your built bars at built.com. Use the promo code DACE to get 10% off today. Right. You know Mason Williams. Name sounds familiar. No. Okay. This is a late 60s hit, 1968 classical gas. Never heard that in my You've life. You've never heard that in your life? Never heard that in my life. Man, who's the boomer here? Me or you? Mr. Year of the Cat is great music. It is true. Thank yeah. you very much. Yeah. Uh, Anarcho Motorist says, sometime between now and July, the U.S. will have a warship, quote unquote, attacked in the Black Sea, requiring the U.S. to sink the Russian Black Sea fleet, a modern day Gulf of Tonkin. When does he put that timetable uh, on it? Now in July. Man, I hate this one. Yeah, I know. I do. Because oh. here's what I think this calculus is based on. I think this is actually based more on if Putin is willing to escalate to the point of ending this thing by the time it gets to that point, then, it's, then it is on whether we're that cynical or the process is that cynical. I mean, I, I frankly, I just got to tell you, I trust Putin more. That, did I say Putin was a good person? No. Did I say he was a hero? No. But I know what his motivations are. Yeah, I know what he's bringing to the table. I understand it. Okay, classic megalomaniac. We've seen it a million times, right? What we're talking about here is like end times prophecy, you know, dark ages kind of stuff. I, there aren't a lot of precedents for gaslighting your own people. Yeah, I mean, this is the kind of stuff that makes Orwell blush, right? Yeah. So... I'm going to sell just because, frankly, my heart wants to. But you cut me deep with that one. I got to be honest. What are you at? I'm selling as well. This actually seems too conventional. Not cynical enough now. Right. Okay. All right. We're going to stick around and do some bonus buy, sell, or hold in overtime for Blaze TV subscribers. For the rest of you, we'll see you tomorrow. John 317. This is Steve Dace. On the Blaze Radio Network.